0: It's the Naked Gaming Podcast team here. Look, there's Lee Milner over there. yeah. And this is Chris Ferrer over here. Hey! So what have you been playing this month then? Tell me your gaming action this month, because you've been very, very, very busy.
1: So, I'm still trying to complete Little Nightmares 2.
0: It's taking you a while.
1: Yeah. Are you stuck? No, I just can't play it unless you're in the house. And why is that? Because it's too scary.
0: I've been playing Fantasian, because Tony Fisher and Ollie Fisher reviewed it for us in the last episode... And it's taken up a huge amount of my time. You use Army. your skills. One may target multiple... Oh. Enemies. Okay. Nice. I've also discovered I'm 15 hours deep... I'm deep, deep, deep into Fantasian. And it's the same people that made Final Fantasy. Mm -hmm. And just like the new Final Fantasy VII remake, where they released it and they went, oh, by the way, this is only part one. Sorry if you didn't realise that. Well, Fantasian (laughs) is the same. Oh, by the way, this is only part one. We're going to release part two later this year. I didn't even know that.
1: But that's kind of good, though, because you've got more to play.
0: Yeah, but also, I want to finish it. So now I'm going to get to 30 hours in, and then it's going to be, no, you must wait six months. But anyway... It's fine. I'm prepared to stick it out.
1: You should be happy. (laughs) It's more game time.
0: But imagine if we just stopped this podcast halfway through and said you can only continue if you're subscribed to... Should we do that? (laughs) The rest of this podcast will continue if you subscribe (laughs) now.
1: Okay, thanks for subscribing.
0: (laughs) It worked. Well done.
1: This month on the podcast... I'm
0: looking at the court case between Apple and Epic Games. The saga continues.
1: I scare myself playing Resident Evil Village...
0: And we have a listener review for you as well.
2: When you're ready, you can start bringing people and even tourists to your colony.
1: Please, please, please subscribe so we can afford a sofa.
2: <laughs> oh, is
1: that no, what we hang need? Hang on. And we also need uh, the new oven and the microwave.
0: Well, on the house that we're trying to buy. hmm Sofas are surprisingly expensive. Like, you think, OK, maybe £1,000. No.
1: It depends how big they are.
0: Yeah, big <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with the gaming news with the only gaming news reader that you need. It's Lee Milner.
1: If you haven't managed to get a next-generation Xbox yet, then if you live in America, you can sign up to get one through your current Xbox. A trial is allowing gamers to register using the Xbox Insider hub. If you've chosen, you get the chance to buy a new console. While it's only a pilot scheme at the moment, if successful, it could be expanded worldwide. It's the end of an era as the official PlayStation magazine is no more. After running for 25 years, the publishing team are renaming it Play Magazine. The original magazine launched in November 1995 to coincide with the release of the PS1 in Europe. A new Time Splitters game is coming and it's being made by people from the same team as the original. This is exciting news as fans have been waiting for a new game for years. Apparently, they're starting off by building their new studios. Probably a good idea. I'm easy. And finally, our reporter Alex Rhodes, drum roll, please, has managed to buy a PS5. After months of trying online, he's one of the lucky few.
0: So Alex Rhodes is ecstatic. We've heard him in reports before and he's been fairly happy. He sent us this having just unboxed his new PlayStation 5, he couldn't actually sound any happier.
3: Hello, Chris and Lee. It's Alex here. And that heavenly noise you can hear in the background is the sound of my new PlayStation 5. Oh, yes. I'm one of the lucky few. I'm one of the chosen people who've managed to get a hold, beat the bots, see off the competition, and somehow get a PlayStation 5. I mean that's quite a story in itself. I won't bore you with the details because it's mainly me clicking refresh constantly on a Twitter feed and then Amazon's website and then games website and just by sheer chance stumbling into it. Anyway, I thought I'd give you a little preview on what you're missing out on. I know Chris in particular has been furious that he can't get hold of a PlayStation 5. You know, we were commiserating together for a long time, saying, Oh, do you manage to get one? No And I'd say, Yeah, no, me neither. Now, I'm leaving it behind. We're not even going to talk anymore because he's down in the dirt. I have ascended to the heavens. First of all, I thought I was like, oh, let's do like an unboxing. And then I'll switch it on for the first time during the recording. But then I was like, I need to transfer loads of data. So that's going to be really boring. So let's not do that. I've got it plugged in all in front of me. First of all, it's massive. It's way bigger than the PlayStation 4. It's kind of the width of like a freezer drawer. You know, like one of those things that you pull out and... It's got all your ice cream and things like that in. That's the best way to describe it. It's about as heavy as a full one as well. Switch it on. As you can hear in the background, it sort of sounds different. Very mellow. A bit more, you know, a bit like the PlayStation 4, a bit more mellow. The UI, the sort of user interface when you open it is different. Not massively so. They've just moved some things around. I need to get to grips with it first before I can tell you if it's better or worse or anything. But it is different. So I've got the new controller in my hand. It's got a good sort of heft to it chunky weighty doesn't feel like a piece of you know plastic rubbish i haven't had a chance to use these haptic triggers that i've heard so much about uh, this is the big thing that playstation have been uh, talking about it's more than a sort of a rumble pack in the controller you can feel the the drop of rain and the gravel underneath your feet and things like that we'll see that, about that
1: <sighs> i'm not jealous at all
0: and alex is going to be back later to review a ps5 game <laughs> Stop getting around.
1: Snake. Snake.
0: There's been a huge news story that could shake the world of gaming.
1: Yes, a court case has started between Epic Games who make Fortnite and Apple who own the App Store. You might remember we've been following the saga for quite some time. I think this is now part three. Well, Chris, you've been looking into it.
0: After months of build-up and a bitter war of words, one of the biggest court cases in the business world is underway. In the red corner, because sometimes apples are red, is Apple, who of course owned the Apple store. In the blue corner is Epic Games, who've created the hugely popular video game Fortnite, and Fortnite's logo sometimes has a blue background, so that kind of works. The trial began on the 3rd of May. Apple's boss, Tim Cook, will be giving evidence, which will be the first time he's given testimony at a trial. Epic Games' boss, Tim Sweeney, has given his already. What's at stake? Well, the future of the App Store and the amount that it can charge developers. That's big business for them. So how did we get here? To understand, we have to go back to August last year, I've enlisted some help from my wife, Lee Milner, who also happens to be a BBC broadcaster. So we're going to walk you through the argument so far. Lee? Coming! OK, so I'll play the part of Apple. Lee, you're going to be Epic Games, the creators of Fortnite. Gotcha. So it all started in August 2020 when Epic Games, that's you, laid a trap for Apple.
1: I don't like the fact that you're taking 30% cuts of in-game purchases in Fortnite, so I've created a way for players to buy in-game currency, V-Bucks, that's cheaper, bypassing your 30% charges.
0: Because of that, I'm kicking you off the App Store.
1: Well, here's a 65-page lawsuit, and I'm also going to release a video spoofing one of your adverts from
2: 1984. This power is ours.
1: I believe your control over the App Store is anti-competitive. We should be able to make apps for phones and use the App Store without paying loads because you have a dominant market position. I'm going to sue you. Sorry, Apple.
0: Thanks, Lee. You can go now.
1: OK, bye.
0: It's worth noting at this stage that the European Union recently announced that it was charging Apple for its behaviour on the App Store with regards to streaming music. The European Commission antitrust regulator Margrethe Vestager tweeted...
4: Consumers are losing out.
0: ..in relation to charges over the way music is streamed. Apple faces a large fine and may be forced to change its policies if its arguments don't convince regulators. Previously, it's denied any wrongdoing. Now, Apple's latest dispute with Epic Games is about the App Store and the way that developers are charged. Apple says that its payment system is fair to smaller developers... of apps and 76% of games on the App Store are free, which means developers pay no commission. And they say that although their top-rate charge is 30%, most developers pay no more than 15% in charges. Apple also argues they oversee an App Store vetting process, making sure that the Apple ecosystem isn't compromised by dodgy apps, and that costs money. The company is estimated to have made hundreds of millions of dollars, though, from Fortnite alone, In charges, Epic Games' big argument is that if they don't want to pay Apple's 30%, then where else can they go to sell their products? They say that Apple effectively has a monopoly. So now we're back at the present day, and the trial, Apple versus Epic Games, got off to a chaotic start. The public hearing failed to mute people who were listening in, meaning that they could openly say things like ''Bring back Fortnite on mobile, please judge.'' and free Fortnite in their accidental broadcast. The trial is expected to conclude in the last week of May. Whichever way it goes, it will have huge implications for the way that games and apps are distributed in the future.
1: The saga continues. We'll keep you updated with the next instalment later on. It's the Naked Gaming Podcast with me, Lee Milner, and...
0: Grispero. I was ready. Yes. I, was sort of, I was a bit yes. slack. It's fine. I am On it. Am I? Uh, let's get to some new games now. Now, worth mentioning, The Last of Us Part 2 has had a performance patch for the PlayStation 5, not that we'd know. Uh, 60 frames a second now. There's also some downloadable content for Assassin's Creed Valhalla that's called Wrath of the Druids if you just can't get enough assassination. But we've got some brand new games for you.
1: Ooh, ooh, ooh. Can we start with uh, Resident Evil Village?
0: <laughs> I suppose
3: we better. Hey now. Yeah. Think positively. All right. We talked about this.
5: I know. We hardly talk about anything else. The
4: Castle
1: bell heralds danger.
4: The bell tolls for us all. They're
1: coming
2: again.
0: So if you love the series, I mean, I liked Resident Evil 4 and 5 and some of the remasters that we played were really good, actually. I love it so
1: much! It's so good.
0: (laughs) So this is a very different game.
1: Do you know that um, this is one of the, well, Resident Evil is one of the first games that I ever played with my dad and we completed it. That's amazing. Yeah, man.
0: Did you do more of the playing or did your dad do more of the
1: playing? No, we played together.
0: I don't remember I used to play some games with my brothers and I'd take, like, the, the trigger and then they'd take the left stick. <laughs> to... we'd try and play on the same control. It never really works when you try and do that. But this is a first-person shooter Resident Evil, so it's yeah. kind of weird. this is
1: awesome. So this is next level.
0: You've played a lot more than me, so what did you think about it?
1: Well, it's just next level Resident Evil. It's like Resident Evil's here. Got my hand about midway. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. And Resident Evil Village is like up here. Wow. It's... So much better. It, I actually prefer first-person shooter. What do you think?
0: It's a real change-up for the series. I think it loses a little bit of what makes it Resident Evil, but then it gains so much on the horror side of it. It's so much more scary because you are st- stuck you're in... You're in the game. You're much more immediately in the game. It feels like you're running around properly. Like Whatever they've done with the way you move, you kind of bob up and down, don't you? Your character bobs.
1: Also, I think one of the biggest changes to this game is that if you've played lots of Resident Evil games you will know that you're you're there to shoot the zombies. Mm. That's about as far as the game goes.
0: It's not really a story is there?
1: This is quite complex. This has an actual storyline that you can follow.
0: The big lady scared you didn't she?
1: The big lady. She is frightening in the house. She's called
0: Madame something.
1: Yeah she chases you around the house which is absolutely (laughs) terrifying. I think it's a really really good game.
0: She's called Madame Dimitrescu. Oh. And there's some like, side characters that are really scary. The only thing I'll say is that your, the main character's hands get absolutely battered. <laughs> We've been playing for a few hours, and it's, poor. there's no way that your hands would still function after that kind of damage. The only thing, the only criticism I have is that once again, the zombies take too many bullets in the head. To get
1: it's just too its too much killed. because there are other baddies actually in this game. They're not just zombies. There are other people to um, kill and the zombies are the hardest ones. I mean, it takes quite a lot to kind of... One, once, shots. You, once you get past the zombies though, very early on in the game, it actually gets a lot more interesting. So if you're playing it, just stick with it for a bit longer.
0: Don't try and fight the zombies, just run away. That's what I've discovered. But all around, what would you give it a score out of 10?
1: I would say it's a good 9. If it wasn't for the, the, the zombies just taking far too long to kill, it would be a 10, but it's, it's a good 9.
0: I totally agree with you. The frame rate is excellent as well. So Resident Evil Village is out now on next-gen consoles and PC and PS4 and Xbox One, so you can get it on the last gen, but it won't be as good. 50 quid, uh, you can get the complete edition if you have just too much free money.
1: I wish people could see us right now. Why? Because we've got a massive massive plant in the way.
0: Why is the plant in the way of us? Why is there a plant coming between us?
1: Because this one can't stand up on its own. Look, it's a little bit poorly, so it's having to kind of rest up against the chair. So it's overhanging uh, the table.
0: It's tropical.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, Anyway, time to review Returnal.
0: Yeah, we can't review Returnal because we haven't got a PS5. So there we go. It's a PS5 exclusive. (laughs) There
1: you go. It's out
0: now, though, for £70. We don't know what it's like.
1: But, Sony, if you want us to review it, (laughs) just send us a PS5. (laughs) Okay, you've you've written something here in the script. It says, is it gamification?
0: Gammy leg. gamification gamification it's oh. a, you know you know what it is it's that weird thing where companies have a product and then they make a game around a product so that you get interested in their product so like for example if they want you to buy a car they'll make a game where you're racing cars and then they'll go well you enjoyed your game but now buy the car
1: one caught our eye recently this is the company bagel which is like a marketplace for companies they've created a game called virus slayer
0: so it's a bit like space invaders except that instead of alien spaceships coming down the screen at you, it's virus particles. (laughs) And you're a needle instead of a ship shooting back at them, and you've got to kind of catch the virus particles with your needle. This is very timely. Yes, I know. I sense that that's why they did it.
1: Well, Paul Grundy is the founder of Bagel, and Jennifer Stanley founded Appetite Creative, who developed Virus Slayer.
4: You're always worried a bit about how it's going to be received by people. Some people are going to get a bit upset or... But fortunately, most people have seen it as a bit of fun, which it is. And, you know, as we come out of the whole corona coaster, slaying some digital viruses isn't too much. uh, It's not too bad. It's quite fun, really.
0: And Jenny, tell us when you were approached with the idea of a virus slayer, was the name already there for you or was it something that you came up with?
5: Well, I think the first thing was that I laughed because I wasn't sure that Paul was being serious (laughs) <laughs> then I realised that he was being serious, and um, we just th- thought that it was that it was that it was a good idea, um, and as long as it was done in a way that was fun, um, and it is it's quite it's quite cartoon style, a little bit of nostalgia to uh, space and zombie type games, then um, we thought it would be we thought it would be well received and deliver the message around the kind of barter because it linked in the the competition element as well. Um, which we thought was quite a
0: good idea. You're obviously looking to get people interested in the company itself. Just tell us about the idea behind that.
4: Bagel stands for barter and haggle. So we're an on- online marketplace where businesses and freelancers can trade goods and services with each other. Coming out of the COVID-19, the economy is not looking great. So business is always looking for new and innovative ways to um, to trade and make money. Um, and through Bagel, you can do both. Um, but you can trade part cash and then part barter credits. So, say for example, you could you could sell some web design services for a thousand pounds, and you can take seventy five percent of that as cash, and then the balance of it as barter credits. And then you can use the barter credits or trade credits, as we call them, uh, at a later date to buy other products and services through the platform.
0: Were there any challenges with this project? Doing it in this. Pandemic time was it harder than normal to develop a game around something like this? Or I guess uh, I suppose you're well used to working, uh, you know, through laptops
5: and things nowadays. That wasn't really um, a, a challenge, but I think there is definitely an increase in gamification and companies looking to gamification to deliver a message or to educate or build awareness. And I think um, a lot of companies are now starting to realise the success that that brings, whether that's an internal game for for HR and education purposes or whether like this, it's more about looking outwards and looking to find more of your audience and and, and speak to them. Um, But gamification is definitely raising or or rising in awareness.
0: The hardest thing about gamification, I guess, from everybody's point of view, is that people ultimately want the game to be fun and yes you know if, if like if, if you're a gamer like me you'll play anything as long as it's fun and if the message comes with it then you know as the gamer you're going okay well that's fine but you want it to make sure it's fun how hard is it to design a game that actually is the kind of game that people want to play i mean obviously you've got lots of experience at it but it, that must be the most challenging thing because if you make a game that's okay gamers sometimes can be quite picky
5: gamers can be very picky um (laughs) but there's a couple of rules um when we come to thinking up the games and and the first one is really not looking to reinvent the wheel if there's a game that works really well then how can we just reinvent that um to apply to the audience and, and deliver the message so anything that's too difficult anything where you know, you need more than a couple of sentences to explain how to play the game is never going to be viral because nobody can ever be bothered to read instructions anyway. Rule number two is looking at the value exchange. If it's too promotional, um, you're just going to turn people off and they're not going to want to be involved because it's just going to be seen as a sales gimmick. The ones that work is where you've got that good level of, you know, injecting, may I say the pun, a good deal of fun and lightheartedness into it as well as then perhaps delivering a message in a, in a much less salesy salesy way. So they're kind of the two main, main things. And then the third is to remember competitiveness. And as human beings, there's a whole psychology around competitiveness and how we like to win and how we want to see our name on the leaderboard. Um, and it's kind of making sure that we play to those types of things to ensure that you know, people want to play and keep playing. Thanks to Paul Grunfie, as you put there, but you mean Paul Grundy.
0: How dare you? <laughs> sorry paul
1: (laughs) and jennifer stanley with that really interesting insight actually into gamification and you can play Virus Slayer at game.baggle.com
0: my top score by the way is 3550 so
1: is that good or bad
0: well it wasn't in the top 10 so there's room for improvement (laughs) so alex rhodes is back now making us all feel jealous with his playstation 5 and he's going to review one of the games that comes along with the console
3: What I've got here is Astro's Playroom. This is a demo that comes pre-installed and apparently is really good for showing off the controller. Uh, So let's give it a go. And we're off. So Astro seems to be like a little sort of PlayStation buddy kind of guy. A bit uninspired in the way all PlayStation mascots are. Ooh, already the controller's sprung into life. Wow, You, you actually, tell you what okay so it says this experience was created to show you some of the cool tricks possible with your DualSense wireless controller are you ready to join Astro for your adventure inside the PlayStation 5 then let's join in already you know when it sort of roared into life then you could feel it in the controller and um, it was a lot more sort of precise in its movements rather than just the sort of the standard vibration and rumble that we're all used to you know when you press the button it almost like the explosion radiates out in the controller it's impressive oh now we're sort of Flying through the generations of PlayStation. They're all just flying by. As the PS Vita. rest in peace. I don't think I've ever seen a game where you see an actual games console in the game. Probably is one. Okay. Ah, now I'm walking into a sandstorm now. It, you know what? I can't believe this, but it actually... <laughs> you can hear it. If, if, you, if you heard that then, that was the sound coming through the microphone on my controller. And with the sort of effects in it, it did feel like you were getting sort of gravel, like sand in your face, that sort of thing, whipped by sand. I've never been massively interested in playing sort of um, conventional platformers on a PlayStation. I do love platformers. I do love Mario and things like that, but it feels like Nintendo for a long time and and, and some indie developers as well. Uh, we the only ones really pushing forward on platformers in a meaningful way and doing something new with them. But this controller does open up a lot of possibilities. So there you go, Kristen Lee. This is revenge for all the times you've made me play rubbish games on the Apple App Store. This is my reward for having the patience of a saint and putting up with both of you.
1: It's my favourite time of the podcast. I was going to say of the year. No, although I just turned over. Look, look what Bailey's doing right now. It's actually too graphic to reveal what he's doing right now on the podcast.
0: Bailey's our rabbit if you're just joining us, by the way. He,
1: uh, he's deep. Anyway, uh, it's my favourite time of the podcast. It's time for Retro Revival.
0: Can I just say, of all the Retro Revivals we've done, this month has the best selection of Retro Revival games that I've seen for ages. It's almost a retro-revival special. That's how good it is. So let me mention one quickly. Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance, it's been re-released with PlayStation 4 and the Xbox. The Switch version is on the way, although there's some delay for unknown mm-hmm. reasons. Mm-hmm. It's like Dungeons & Dragons, hack and slash, it's about 30 quid. Okay, that's fine. Forget that. <laughs> there's a lot more to discuss than Baldur's Gate. So this is the one that I've been the most excited by. Finally, they've remastered the Mass Effect trilogy. Oh, wow. And it's called the Mass Effect Legendary Edition.
5: Why is it that whenever someone says, with all due respect, they really mean kiss my ass?
2: I apologise, but prayers for the wicked must not be forsaken.
5: After time adrift among open stars, along tides of light and through shoals of dust, I will return to where I began.
1: I've got to admit something.
0: I know, this is a disgrace. And I'm, I'm
1: going to kind of just...
0: Almost divorce-worthy, I'm but it's just fine. Just,
1: like, hide away. Hide behind your plant. Hide away. What is Mass Effect?
0: So Mass Effect is, they describe it as a space opera, but imagine you're in space. A
1: space
3: opera?
0: Yeah, because it's like an epic story. You're Commander Shepard, okay? You've got a team of people with you, and you go around space, and you find lots of other different alien races, and you recruit some of them to your team, and you're basically saving the universe, But you have these really in-depth conversations with people and what you say to them really matters. So you might be choosing between life and death of your teammates, for example. It's so awesome. And when I played it, I think it was about 15 years ago, it was one of my favourite series of games because there's three. So they've gone away, they've remastered all three, they brought it out for 60 quid. So it's three of the best games that I've ever played.
1: But how different is it, to the original? Is it much better?
0: So the first game of the three, when I originally played it, it was slow. The (laughs) PlayStation and Xbox at the time, the Xbox 360, could not handle the game in any way. It was like walking through mud for the whole game. The first game is the most improved. It's like a whole world better. The second and third games were already good. They've done small improvements to them, so that's fine. The main change that has made the news headlines is that they've altered some of the unflattering camera angles towards the female characters.
1: You got that with Tomb Raider quite a lot. Mm.
0: Well, we talked a little bit about this in our News Update episode. If you didn't catch that, then do download it now. But my point is that they say that they've changed all these camera angles for the better, but right at the beginning of Mass Effect 1, there's a massive boob shot of some alien woman, and you think, well, you didn't change that one then, did you? So
1: I wonder if the creators or the design team are men or female.
0: Yeah. It would be interesting to know the full makeup, wouldn't it, of the people who made it? <laughs> but apart from the fact that they're touting that they've improved things and actually they could have probably done a bit more, the actual overall series is incredible now. And if you've never played it, if you don't know of it, you've got to give it a go if you like kind of RPGs. For so, me, it's a 9 out of 10. Huge. Hugely excellent game. And for only 60 quid, why would you not get it? Minor
2: throbbing. Nothing serious.
0: So I played Rome Total War when I was a kid.
1: I can, I can kind of picture what sort of kid you were growing up. Well, we got a,
0: like a computer which could barely run any games. And this is like a historic battle simulator, so you're a general and you control your army and you send them into fight and stuff like that. And actually, you, you learnt. You actually learnt about historic conflicts between like, the Spartans.
1: So while you were playing this, I was playing Sims, learning how to well, this design is like, in a house.
0: This is like war simulator. <laughs>
3: what difference can one man make?
2: Welcome back, son of Rome. Not all of us get a second chance.
0: So it was Rome Total War, and now it's Total War Rome remastered. Oh wow, I I
1: mean, it must have taken a while to come up with that.
0: Did you ever play those management games where you had like a big map and you had to you know, manage your cities and make sure that people had enough food and...
1: Again, Sims, Chris. This is the level I was at.
0: Okay, so you've never done that... That's the worst bit of the game and they really have just left that the same.
1: Oh, it's fine. That's disappointing. But I don't
0: care about any of that. I just want the battles. That's why this game's so fun. But isn't have... it
1: more about using your intelligence to kind of outsmart yeah, the to be other... a general, yeah. yeah.
0: That's the fun bit. That's the fighting bit. You don't care about resource management and all the rest no, of that, it.
1: No, that counts, Chris.
0: I know it counts, it but counts. I don't want it to count. But despite the camera still being really hard to control, it's only 25 quid. And instead of needing the world's most massive computer to barely run, it now runs on my MacBook.
1: Ah, memories. <laughs> so what would you give it out of ten?
0: It's a seven. It's fun to play. It's not going to take up your days, but for 25 quid, it's worth it for the nostalgia, I think.
1: Time now for our Simulator of the Month, and you've been playing a Photography Simulator Pokemon Snap. Aspiring
3: photographers, welcome to the Lentil region. You'll find a vast array of islands with various natural environments, from dense jungles packed with lush trees to vast scorching deserts. Many wild Pokemon call these islands their home. Let's have a glimpse into these fascinating areas. Here in front of this waterfall, a Venusaur is enjoying basking in the sun. Two Sobble are nearby, enticed by the scent of Venusaur's flower.
0: So you have seen a bit of Pokémon Snap, haven't you? Yeah, man. Have you played much of it before? Because it was like an old school classic game on the. I think it was a Nintendo 64 that it first came out on.
1: I mean, yeah, I've, I've played a little bit. Because um, you're a
0: camera woman, so like I've, having I've, the I've lens just, focused on things in the distance—it doesn't right up do your anything street.
1: like soft focus, though, and you know <laughs> hasn't got really the frame right in
0: That's like. actually one of the criticisms I had of the game: is that. I loved Pokemon Snap as a kid, but it was one of them that I never owned, so I had to go around to a friend's house to play.
1: No, it's not something I had, but my friends had it. But I was watching you play, and it looked really, really cool.
0: So what they've done amazingly on the Switch, because it's out on the Switch as a remaster now, is that if you hold the Switch up and move it around, you move your camera in the game. So it's like you really are holding a camera up and trying to take pictures of the Pokemon, which is not what you could do before. You had to use the little analogue stick, so that's amazing. But the slight problem is that when you take a picture of a Pokemon, if it's not facing directly into the lens, you don't get as many points. And I think, well, some of the best pictures, they don't have to be head-on looking at you. So it's a little bit of a limitation in the way that they're giving you your points.
1: Do they not know Chris's photography skills and not read the book?
0: My my book. <laughs> I have got a book about <laughs> I know nothing. But apart from that, I thought it was a lot of fun. And actually, I found myself playing it for a lot longer than I thought I would. I thought I'd just play it for an hour and then Yeah, go. you
1: literally said, oh, I'm going to just play this for 10 minutes and see what it's like. And then an hour later, you're still like trying to capture like a... No, three hours later. Three hours later. I was still going for it. Wow. I was enjoying it a lot. I must have been cleaning the house.
0: <laughs> Time flies when you're cleaning the house. But it's 50 quid, so... It
1: does look good, though. It does look good. But... My only concern is how long can you spend photographing Pokemon? It, does the game develop at all? You know? Ah,
0: develop, good. You like
1: that, like a, like a, yes, Polaroid, yes.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, it does a bit. You do nighttime shoots and stuff like that, and then you have to search for four different poses for each Pokemon. So that's the challenge of it. Like if you've got a little Pikachu, mm-hmm. if it's standing straight looking at the camera, okay, that's pose one. But you've got to get it to go bigger, and then it's like pose two. It's so quite involved. big bigger. <laughs> It's not my best impression. Be but 50 quid. I think, you get it if you played the original. Otherwise, I think it's just a little bit too much. You'll be very pleased, Lee. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Because you know how last month you laid down the gauntlet to one of our listeners? Mm. You asked them to do a review for you of a game called Surviving Mars. Well, Pluto, a.k.a. Gary Mitchell... He's only gone and come up with the goods. No!
1: Thanks!
0: So this is his review of Surviving Mars, which is a bit like Rollercoaster Tycoon, like a theme park management type thing, but you're set in space on Mars.
2: Today, I'm reviewing the game Surviving Mars by Paradox Games. The goal is simple, colonise Mars. As you can imagine, you'll need to mine for building materials and water, which you then turn into fuel and oxygen. When you're ready, you can start bringing people and even tourists to your colony. Give them jobs to do, like working the farms, or manufacturing goods. And, when the shift is over, they'll want a place to relax, like a park, or even go for a drink in the local Mars bar. All the time, there are mysteries to solve, research to perform, and new technologies to discover. Trade with rival companies who are also trying to colonise the planet. All of this is configurable when you've set up the game, so you can really personalise it to your style of play. There are a couple of add-on packs now. Some, like being able to terraform the planet into a more Earth like planet, are more useful than others. It's a slow paced game. If you're familiar with the styles of SimCity or City Skyline, you'll get the idea. It's a game that doesn't require your full attention all of the time, but neither should you forget about it. Otherwise, a pesky Mars quake or a meteor shower might just start killing off some of those colonists. In 2012, Paradox announced a new developer for the game. Who immediately released a patch and some new free content with the promise of much more to come in the future? So, this three year old game looks to have a new hope. Driving Mars is now available on Xbox One, PlayStation 4, Steam, and support Windows, Mac, and Linux.
5: It's so good! Aww. It's so good! Ooh, what a great
2: review as well!
1: Thanks so much, Gary. Honestly, that sounds amazing. You're
0: going to give it a go? Because I think I'm yeah, right. man! I'll tell you what, there was loads of Retro Revival this episode. Yes. Excellent. Thanks for your contribution. Let's go. I feel like I've gotten older in the retro revival stage. I feel like I've become You are retro. becoming retro. Exactly. Just one quick thing to mention. We've got a giveaway for you this month.
1: What? Another you know,
0: one? Another one? Another one? You know Abe's Odyssey, that game which you bang on about late? My fave. It's so good, isn't it? The new
1: so one. Good. Follow me. Follow me, follow me. When I was younger, I used to play the game with my sister, and I used to annoy her by just playing all of the uh, voice commands. So be like <coughs> follow me, follow me, follow me. Hey, 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 follow me, fo-
0: <coughs> Nothing's really. <laughs> really changed.:
1: And my sister would get really annoyed. That's why I gave her a gave her a copy of this as well.
0: So if you want... Yeah, we did give her a copy, didn't we? So if you want to annoy your siblings, then you can get hold of Abe's Odyssey. It's really well, it's, annoying. It's called Soulstorm, technically. We're going to put up a tweet about it, so just head to Twitter and head to Instagram. Just look for Naked Gaming Pod, and all the details will be there, but essentially retweet our message.
1: That's an amazing prize. It's like 50 quid's
0: worth of game there. Wow! Uh, it's worth saying it is the PlayStation version. Get it retweeted before the 20th of June at midnight, and we'll announce the winner on the 21st in our next podcast on our main episode. Anything else you want to say? How can people find us online? Follow me. Is that how you want to end the podcast?
1: Yeah, so mature, but I love it. Hey, if you like what you hear, we have another podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, we've just finished the first series.
0: Season one. It's called
1: Work-Wife Balance and it's basically all about... Don't basically. say basically because in basically. the last episode you
0: say the word basically about basically. a million times. I
1: haven't said it all the way through this podcast.
0: Uh, you done well today, I must say.
1: But basically it's about me and Chris uh, and what it's like being married to him.
0: And what it's like being married to Lee. <laughs> it's great.
1: Uh, uh, anyway if if you want to hear that check us out we're on Spotify and all the rest of them (laughs) we're everywhere
0: all the good places
1: but in the meantime you can stick with us on here for all your gaming news I'll
0: tell you what else we got Monkey Island Discs oh yeah is coming back the series continues as part of this podcast
1: is the guest extremely extremely important hmm Like, mega. Is this the biggest guest we've ever had on the show? Yes. Is that the correct answer? That is the correct answer because it's me!
0: We're looking forward to it. You're going to talk about your gaming loves and hates and what characters you like and all, you know, gaming childhood and where you started off, really. So check that out as well. You can subscribe in all the usual places. Anything else? Are you done?
1: I think I'm done. I need to move this plant. It's It's getting on my nerves.
0: Yeah.